The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. The sermon this morning is based on our Old Testament lesson for Pentecost chapter 9. You can find it printed right there on page 10 in your bulletin. This is from Genesis chapter 18. Here's what Moses gives to us. The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Abraham looked up and saw three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them, bowed low to the ground. He said, If I have found favor in your eyes, my Lord, do not pass your servant by. Let a little water be brought, and then you you may all wash your feet and rest under this tree. Let me go get you something to eat so that you can be refreshed and then go on your way now that you have come to your servant. Very well, they answered. Do as you say. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah. Quick, he said. Get three sias of fine flour and knead it and bake some bread. Then he ran to the herd and selected a choice tender calf and gave it to a servant who who hurried to prepare it. He then brought some curds and milk and the calf that had been prepared and set these before them. While they ate, he stood near them under a tree. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. There in the tent, he said. Then the Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, After I am worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, Why did Sarah laugh and say, Will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year, and Sarah will have a son. This is the word of the Lord. I want to I preface this, this word, this meditation, in a, in a certain way this morning. It should probably be like rather obvious, maybe even super obvious, that we need to talk about laughing this morning. Everybody is laughing in this part of Genesis. If you go just one chapter before, do you know who's laughing? Abraham's laughing, Genesis chapter 17. Then we get to Genesis chapter 18. You know who's laughing? Sarah's laughing. Everybody's laughing. Then if you go to Genesis chapter 1, chapter 21, guess who's laughing? Everyone with Sarah and Abraham because they now have a son named Isaac. You know what Isaac means? Isaac means laughter. Clearly, (laughs) the Holy Spirit wants something for us this morning. He wants to help us He really does. He wants to help us 
to laugh again. And, and we could say that this is really a godly goal. This is like a really good, healthy goal for us this morning. Did you know this? There, there's actually a, a famous English saying that, let's see if you can finish it, laughter is the best medicine. Now, I don't know if it's the best medicine. I, I, I don't think I'd go there, but we could simply said we should at least say this, that laughter is good medicine. It really is. Did you know this? Here's some of the health benefits, physical health benefits about laughter. Laughter lowers stress levels. It does. It boosts your immune system. It actually can help you put off heart trouble. Did you know that? These incredible health benefits when it comes to laughter. Here's some of the emotional benefits of laughter. Laughter, like we said, it, it lowers stress level. It boosts your mood. It gives you joy. It actually helps you to connect socially. See, if you think about this, when you laugh, it helps you connect socially with other people. Now, I want to I hasten to add this this morning. That doesn't mean that we should open up a comedy club on Roosevelt instead of a church. You know why? It's good to laugh. But we need to also laugh at things like death and sin. And you can't do that in a comedy club, can you? You should see your faces right now. You're so serious. But you can't do that in a comedy club, can you? You can only do that in a church through Christ Jesus. Now, here's our problem this morning, and, and it's really my problem, but it becomes your problem because I'm the preacher today. I'm not a comedian. <laughs> I, I, once I was listening to John, Jerry Seinfeld, and he, he said this about comedians. Comedians always know when they're going to get a laugh. They do. And that's how you know that you're a good comedian, when you know you're going to get a laugh. I can never tell. I promise you, I can never tell when people are going to laugh when I'm preaching. I can't tell. There was this one time, um, I was literally preaching right here. This is years ago during a funeral. And there, there, there was a casket right here. Some of you are here. There's this casket, you know, and, and this, this guy that I dearly loved. And I'm preaching on Isaiah chapter 25. You know what Isaiah chapter 25 says? It says the Lord's going to come, and with his finger, he's going to wipe your tears away. And I, here I am, I'm preaching, and I, and I start talking about how awkward that is. It's awkward if you think about it. Like, let's say you have a little bit of a mini breakdown at work, and your boss, she comes over to you, and she does one of these, like, you'd be like, what are you touching my face for? And I'm talking about how awkward this is and how awesome it is that we're going to be in this relationship with our Father that He can come over and with no awkwardness at all and He can wipe that tear away. And guess what everybody was doing during this funeral? Everybody is just laughing it up. Like, it was incredible. And I was like, I never would have known. I never would have thought that we'd be laughing uproariously at this funeral. See, I'm not a comedian. I was taken aback. At the same time, remember a couple of weeks ago, and I'm trying to do SNL in front of you all, and I, I was getting a bunch of blank stares? You remember this? It was like crickets in here. I'm no comedian. And so we're not going to really unravel this morning the mystery of the human laugh. 
But I do want to look at two types of laughs with you, just two. The first is the laugh of cynicism. And the second is the laugh of faith. So that we can learn to laugh the laugh of faith. So here we go. Let's start with the laugh of cynicism. And that is a laugh that we see in Sarah's heart today. Do you blame her? I think it was hard for her. I think, you can agree to disagree, but I think it was harder for her than it was for Abraham. See, God had come to Sarah and Abraham and said, I will give you a son. You will be a blessing to many nations. And I bet she thought, I'm going to be pregnant next month. And then she wasn't. And she cried. I think she cried. Any couple who's gone through infertility understands this. And it would go like that every month. Month after month after month. She would cry. Years went by like that. Like literally years. And then Sarah came up with this plan. You know the story? Abraham, I can't have a, I can't have a child. Go sleep with her. Can you imagine the nights alone that Sarah spent? Abraham's with some other lady. And guess what? She gets pregnant right away. I think it was harder for her than it was for Abraham. I think it was harder for her. You see, when we're here, Abraham's got a son. Did you know that? He's got a son. He's grown, he's grown up. Sarah doesn't have a son. And so when these guys, Sarah clearly doesn't know who they are. There's three guys, they show up. They're two angels we later learn, and, they're in, and the Lord himself. When they show up, and, and one of them says this, I will surely return to you about this time next month, and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Sarah hears this comment, and she laughs. It's not a belly laugh. It's not one of those deep laughters of faith. It was, it was just something that happened in her heart. I don't even think it happened on the outside. Like There was no sound, but she laughed, the Bible says, in her heart. And she laughed for two reasons. The first reason was this. She actually could not. It was impossible for her to have a child. We could, we could say this. Medically, she had undergone menopause. She wasn't having a monthly cycle anymore. Her womb was dead. But there's also something going on with Abraham. Did you notice that? Something's going on with Abraham. He's a little bit old. I don't think we're going to go there here because there's children here. But something's going on with him. Okay? He's a little bit too old for this, and Sarah says that. How's this going to happen? Because it's not possible for me, and it's not possible for him anymore. And so she laughs, the laugh of cynicism. Now, we can notice this laugh in our lives. This is the laugh of the Mets fan. I'm being serious. This is the laugh of the Mets fan. Somebody comes up to you at, at the All-Star break, and we're back here in, in, in July, and the Mets are sitting not just in second to last place in their division, but they're sitting in second to last place in the National League. And they come up to you and say, this is the year. We're going all the way. You know what the Mets fan does? They laugh. It's a laugh of cynicism. Huh? The Mets stink. They're not going to the playoffs. 
Boy, we're going to get the second laugh, though, aren't we? This is the laugh of Sarah, huh? I'm not having a kid. This is, this is the laugh of the, the 35-year-old single woman. Huh? I'll never get married. Huh? I'm not going to get a job. Huh? I'll never have a healthy, strong marriage. Huh? God could never forgive me for the sins that I've committed. You don't even know. Huh? God doesn't raise up people on the last day. You know what this laugh is really called? We could give it a technical name. This is scoffing. You realize that? It's scoffing. You may believe in God, but you don't believe God. And here's what I mean. You may believe in God, like you're not an atheist, you believe that He exists, but you don't believe His Word. That's what we're talking about this morning. You might believe in God, but you don't believe God. That He is for you and not against you. So you laugh. The laugh of cynicism. If I were God, and it's a good thing that I'm not, but if I were God, I'd be, I'd be angry. You think about it from his perspective for a second. Let's say a millionaire, a billionaire comes up to you, and they say, by the end of this month, I'm going to give you $1,000. I just want to do it. I'm that good of a guy. And you laugh in their face. Huh, I don't believe you. That's never going to happen. God, think about it. So God goes to Sarah. He, he's sitting there with Sarah, and he says, Sarah, you're going to have a child. And Sarah says, I don't believe you. Wouldn't God have a right to be angry? Wouldn't God have, I am going to give you this good gift. My heart is so full for you. And you say, no, you're not going to do it. But that's not God's reaction, is it? He's so full of grace and mercy for us that instead of getting angry, did you notice what the Lord says? He comes to Sarah with a very penetrating question. This is what he says. This is verse 14 now. And it makes the whole difference in the world. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Sarah, stop laughing and answer the question. Is it too hard for the Lord to give you some? Is anything, anything at all too hard for the Lord? And Sarah gets quiet. She thinks in her heart, no, Lord, nothing's too hard for you. Nothing at all. I want you to think about those cynical parts of your life. Where you laugh. God's not gonna, he's not gonna fix this. He doesn't care. And I want you to just stop for a minute. Just, just stop laughing. Just knock it off for just a moment and answer these questions. Is anything 
too hard for the Lord. Was it too hard for him to create the heavens and the earth? Was it too hard for him to take a people out of Israel, out of Egypt, and lead them out? Was it too hard for him to open up a way in the Red Sea? Was it too hard for him? Was the cost too high? Was it? Was the cost too high that he would not make the payment necessary for your sins? Was God not strong enough to raise up Jesus from the dead? Or did he do it? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And then think about this. Is it too hard for you? Is it too hard for the Lord to give you a good husband? To make your marriage better? To help this church thrive even though we're losing a pastor? Is it too hard for the Lord? Stop and answer the question. No, Lord. Nothing is too hard for you. And the cost was not too high. You are my God and my Lord. Some of you have been with me long enough now to know this, that we went through years of infertility just like Sarah and Abraham. You remember that? There's a, there's a thing that happens when you go through infertility. All of a sudden your eyes are open and you walk down the street and you see the advertisements. Oh, did you know this? 10% of the population goes through infertility. We, years, surgeries, doctor's appointments. Oh my goodness. And then Taylor was born. And then Brooke. Some of you know this, that after Brooke, we lost two babies. We thought, the Lord's not going to give us another child. And then Felicity Hope was born. You know why we called her Felicity? Because the Lord renewed our joy and our happiness. Felicity means happiness. You know why we called her Hope? Because he renewed our hope. Felicity Hope. I can only imagine the joy of Sarah after 25 years. And there she is. She's holding her newborn son. And you know what she calls him? Isaac. Because she learned to laugh again through the birth of a child. Uh, laughter. Go clean your room. Laughter. Knock it off. Laughter. Sit down. Can you imagine it? Laughter filled Abraham and Sarah's life because God is that good. I can only imagine then the joy of Mary. When the angel tells her, you will have a son and his name is Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Felicity Hope, Isaac, Jesus. See what I'm trying to say? We have every reason to laugh today. So there's two things I want you to think about. One is for, for all of you here this morning, and one is just for you, Yafet and Emma, as you begin your year with us. For all of us here today, we need to learn to laugh again. 
Isn't it true that life can get really, really heavy sometimes? Really, really weighty, really, really sad. We need to learn to laugh again. Let me tell you about God. God has given us enough grace in Jesus Christ that we can laugh at our failures and our foibles. We can. Huh, I did that again. God has given us enough security and enough promises for the future. We don't have to worry. And God has given us enough power that we can even laugh in the face of our enemies. Isn't that true? We can laugh. And we can laugh the laugh of faith. So start having fun again. Here's the second thing. And this one's just for you, Vicar and Emma. Don't laugh when I say it. (laughs) A lot can happen in a year. I mean that in all sincerity. A lot can happen in a year. If you would have told me that Pastor Dave and Katie would have been packing their bags for Houston one year ago today, I would have laughed. A lot can happen in a year. Someone told Sarah that she'd have a baby, and nine months later, she was holding that baby. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to have a baby. (laughs) But if you do, you should be forewarned. You're going to have a girl. (laughs) You will. (laughs) Call the workers at Sure Foundation. Only have girls. (laughs) But I am saying this. Whatever comes, if we have a choice between crying and laughing, I say we laugh. God's that good. Nothing's too hard for him. Amen.